This dope podcast is about the sober lifestyle, style, style. style. I promise style. motivation, style. inspiration, and transformation. The sober is dope podcast is about the sober lifestyle, style, style. I was able to transform my mind and body and spirit. We won't steer you wrong. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober's Dope Podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today I want to talk about a real controversial topic. And I came across this article in Time Magazine um, entitled, Why I Stopped Calling Myself an Alcoholic. And, you know, it had it, it got me thinking, like, do we really need to identify as alcoholics? Why do we identify as alcoholics? Is that purely an alcoholic anonymous thing? Is it a medical thing? Um, does calling yourself an alcoholic creates a never-ending stigma? Is it necessary? Is it import- important? Now, I have my opinions on this. And reading this article... Um, you know, I felt a lot of the author's sentiments and feelings and emotions towards it. And I wanted to share the article with you guys. And I'm going to leave a link to the article. It's in Time Magazine. And if you're part of the sober community and you're in recovery, or you may be a member of Alcoholic Anonymous, or you just may be an alcoholic, um, you might find this article interesting. I will discuss my emotions and feelings and reactions to this article after I complete it. Um, and I hope we could engage a larger conversation moving forward. All right, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is from time.com. And the article is entitled, Why I Stopped Calling Myself an Alcoholic. By Holly Whitaker, published December 23rd, 2019. Why I Stopped Calling Myself an Alcoholic by Holly Whitaker. On my first day of sobriety, desperate for just one person to tell me it would all be okay, I asked my friend if her father, a 20-something-year veteran of AA, might talk to me. Toward the end of our conversation, he asked me, earnestly, why I hadn't once mentioned my alcoholism. And because I had run out of answers, I took his advice and found an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting close to my office. I went to my first meeting the next day. When it was my turn to talk, I told them my name, and I told them I was an alcoholic. And I told them it was my first time saying that word. It went exactly like it does in the movies, and after the meeting, I was given business cards from genuinely kind and helpful people. This was the culmination of everything I'd feared happened in my life. While I stopped going to meetings not long after that first one, I did absorb the label alcoholic, and I did find identifying as one made sobriety easier. At least it ended the question, and please to drink. Not drinking was no longer something cute I was trying on, but something serious, because now I had a life-threatening disease, alcoholism. A one-word answer explained everything, and a definition that had been desperately lacking in my previous attempts to quit drinking. Shortly after that first meeting, I took a group of friends to dinner to come out with. Over Quartini, 
Of Italian reds and one very obvious mocktail, I explained my alcoholism and promised that nothing would change. I was still me. I could still sit down in a restaurant and hail the fumes of Nibiblio without imbibing. My sickness would not impede our good times. I would not ruin the party. After dinner, we walked to a friend's apartment to smoke pot before going out to a bar. My girlfriend, C., who was on her third or maybe fourth glass of wine, sat next to me on the couch. She leaned in close and with her hot, alcohol-soaked breath explained how she wasn't like me, how she could take alcohol or leave it. What was odd was that in five years of our friendship, I'd never seen her leave it. There was something jarring and humiliating about the conversation, something I couldn't put a finger on but then, but can now because the same scenario would repeat itself time and time again. Alcoholism was a word that invited other people to use me as their own personal navigation system. The word helped people make sense of my terrible relationship with alcohol so they could make sense of their own terrible relationship with alcohol, or at least know that their terrible relationship with alcohol was not. The thing was, the term alcoholic didn't do much for me except eat away at the things I'd spent the last six months trying to build, like being a woman who could be trusted with herself. Less than a year into my sobriety, I had another memorable conversation with C. Driving in a tiny rental car in Oahu in February 2014, I called myself an alcoholic because somewhere along the way, I'd forgotten I had a choice in the, ma- in the matter. I didn't use the word often. But whenever I did, it felt wrong, or maybe not true, or maybe like a machete to my throat. The word hung in the air until C said I didn't have to call myself that if I didn't want to. I don't know why it took someone else to point it out to me or why someone else's permission felt more reliable than my own. But that was the last time I identified as an alcoholic, which is another way of saying that was the last time I carried that word around with me everywhere to explain who I was or what I was not or why my suffering and my sickness and my recovery were valid. I left it on the side of the road in Oahu, near Koala Ranch, where Lost was filmed. To be cleared, I believe that alcohol is addictive, that alcohol addiction is progressive, that someone, some people are wired a bit differently and are more vulnerable to alcohol addiction. In fact, I don't just believe these things. Science tells me these things. I'm not refuting that alcohol addiction is an actual thing because it is an actual thing, a thing I had. But the term alcoholic and the disease of alcoholism create fear, fear that you will always crave alcohol, forever have to use willpower to resist it. Spend the rest of your life just trying not to drink. Because our idea of an alcoholic is someone who attends Alcoholics Anonymous for the rest of their life, assumes a lifetime label, and is stuck in perpetual craving, one drink away from being a drunk one day at a time. Because our concept is that alcoholics are different, they're outcasts and social pariahs and weak-willed and a whole host of other things no one wants to be. I can't begin to tell you the number of times someone who struggles with alcohol has said to me, I'm not one of them, or I'd rather keep drinking than suffer that fate. A label with a heavy stigma does nothing but keep us in a fear state 
about our own drinking, preventing us from being able to observe our own drinking as it shows up in our lives. Once, on the phone with a guy I'd met on the internet who also didn't drink, I mentioned casually that I was stressed out about not accomplishing enough in my day. He quickly replied, that's your alcoholism talking. No, just no. The story is that alcoholics are different, that they struggle more than others, that they are a certain way, will always be a certain way, and that minding of the truth of who we are and being hyper aware of our faults will keep us out of trouble and in check. Even if we stop drinking, even if we are sober for years and do more work on ourselves and spend more money on self-improvement than the entire GDP of some small nations, we can't get out from under our alcoholism. Not only do we still have it, but it extends to the every area of our life. It's why we are, insert every terrible human behavior here. In other words, it limits us. It also ensures we will live in an infinite hellish loop. The truth is, we can change. From what we know of neuroplasticity, we can rewire our, bl- our brain with meditation and, cha- and chanting and yoga and food and CBT and DBT and a whole host of other evidence-based modalities, practices, and treatments. When we hold tight to an idea of I'm just this way, we settle for being just this way. Hi, I'm Holly, and I'm an alcoholic, ensures that I will remain in the mind space of something I don't even do anymore. Hi, I'm Holly. I'm a writer, speaker, CEO, meditator, daughter, auntie, sister, friend, an addiction advocate who speaks terrible Italian. Works a lot better for me. Thank you, Holly Whitaker, for that great article. Um, This is a really, 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 really touching subject because when you're in recovery and you get to a point where you feel totally healed and detached from your past and the darkness of your alcoholism, um, it gets to a point where you really want to let go of the negativity, the shame, and the stigma of addiction, and you have people that's on both sides of the sides of the fences. Um, you know, you have people that's on Holly's side where they don't want to identify as an alcoholic or call themselves an alcoholic because they want to detach from that negative the negativity of that you know the idea that we can move on transform be renewed and redeemed and and made anew is really a redemptive concept and it's real in in a lot of in, in a lot of cases in my in my um situation i feel so far removed from the alcoholic um, then you have the other side of the camp who's like, well, look, um, my radical honesty brings me to a point where I'm accept my alcoholism and the fact that I'm an alcoholic and that reality keeps me on the safe side of recovery and far away from relapse. 
and um, I I share both sentiments. So I would say this: um, I for everyone who heard the first part, I'm re-recording this because. I wanted to have a more measured, tempered approach. The first time I responded to this article, I was extremely animated because I'm very passionate about this subject. But it's important for me to not be biased as a host and to kind of be centered because the most beautiful thing about our recovery is the diversity and how we find our, our recovery. So you have people who find recovery from purely spiritual, a spiritual sense. Maybe they find God through Jesus Christ, through Allah. Um, however they get there, their spirituality will bring them to a place where they're new and centered. You have people who go through the traditional sense through like Alcoholic Anonymous and through 12 steps and they find their recovery. Then you have people who go through just detox and rehab and come out and they totally move on with their life so you we have to respect in the recovery community everyone's individual perspective and what holly whitaker has done um by sharing her story she's given us another way to look at our recovery and she's letting people know, look, you don't have to identify um, or call yourself this perceived negative thing. And again, my opinion is solely my opinion. So I want to say a few things on this and I'll wrap this up and keep it short and sweet. Um, Holly, I apologize and I feel bad that your first encounter with your friend um, which you will call C in the um, article. I feel I feel bad that you had that negative experience because when I put myself in your shoes, I would have been mortified if I had the courage to bring my friends to a round table to reveal my newfound recovery and to let them know that I'm not going to change and just to be you know, cornered and, you know, just pretty kind of insulted. It seems to me that you was a little bit insulted that your friend would, you know, kind of corner you and, you know, make a comparison and distinguish between you and herself. And I think a lot of people judge the alcoholic um, just to make themselves feel better. You know, it's a human thing. I think people like to see, they like, we like, as humans, we tend to look at someone else's affliction and use that as a measuring rod against our own weaknesses and faults. And I think um, that's the basis of judgment in our society. And I think addiction should be a non judgmental thing because when we say that we suffer from addiction, in most cases, we suffer from a pathology or some form of disease or affliction that we pretty much are powerless over. And we have to go through many great things to recover from that. And I think that society, for for the most part, is compassionate. In my personal case, I only had one negative encounter 
um, with someone who just kind of judged me based on how I perceived my recovery. And I just didn't talk to that friend no more. After a couple of negative encounters, I just said, you know what? You're negative and that's it. But that didn't deter me from identifying myself as an alcoholic. So this is what I want to say. The reason why I think it's important to acknowledge my alcoholism is because it's a real tangible thing. It's a real medical thing. I have if it, it's a real allergy. So for the for someone who's truly an alcoholic, um, we suffer. We 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 identify and call ourselves the alcoholic because we identify with a medical allergy that we're born with, which allows us to, which doesn't allow us to drink and stop. We have some form of, we don't have the shut off switch, which normal people have, which says, if I have one drink, it's time to stop. For the traditional alcoholic, if you drink somehow, your composition allows you to just want to keep drinking and keep drinking. And this is a mental health, um, there's a mental health component, meaning that this has something to do with your dopamine receptors and your dopamine levels and how your dopamine and your brain reacts to alcohol. So, you know, there's no real shame there because if you're born a certain way and you drink alcohol, it's going to attack your dopamine in a certain way where it's gonna make you want to keep drinking for some strange reason science is still unraveling this they're still trying to figure it out um but it is a real thing and for me when I was um trying to find my way back home so to say with my Recovery. I didn't know this when I was younger. I just knew like if I had a drink, I would go on this crazy binge and I wouldn't be able to stop and it would bring me out of character and it would be problematic and it just started to progress. So when Holly says, yes, she understands that the alcoholism is progressive, it is. And um, so when I make that distinction for myself that, hey, I'm an alcoholic and I identify that, that one, I do that because I'm exercising radical honesty in my life, right? Um, and I'm trying to make sure I minimize any delusion or illusion of the reality of my addiction. Because this is in, a, in an attempt to avoid relapse and not to remove myself too far from the harsh reality that I can no longer drink in my life. All right, I can't play with that. Why? Because I'm allergic to alcohol and that translates into me being an alcoholic. And that's something that I have to use radical acceptance um, with and I have to be radically honest about. Now, I have no problem with the article and I thank Holly Whitaker for her candor and her honesty and her courage um, and I do agree that we have many modalities now that can help us be very far removed from our addiction like meditation I'm also a meditator as everyone in the Sober is Dope universe know I, I promote prayer as a form of healing I promote God as a form of healing and um, um, embracing a higher power as you may know that higher power. 
I embrace meditation and mindfulness. Um, I encourage this in hopes to improve our brain through neuroplasticity, as we discussed in our mental health series. I encourage um, mindfulness um, to help with our um, depression and our addictions. And I am on the side of using the all in approach to recovery, meaning doing whatever it takes and trying to find as many avenues to heal myself. So um, that brings me to this point. The one distinction I want to make for the recovery community and anyone that's listening to the Sober's Dope podcast and that may be suffering from alcoholism or drug addiction, for me, um, I see people on a daily basis relapse. Um, you know, being a host of the, of the Sober's Dope podcast, I'm in almost 100 to 200 forums online. I'm involved in a Twitterverse of sobriety and recovery, Facebook, Instagram. I'm meeting people daily. Um, I'm listening to other podcasts. I'm seeing people go through the motions. And relapse is a real thing. And one of the ways we could prevent relapse is by dealing with radical acceptance and radical honesty and embracing the truth of our addiction. And that means acknowledging that if we are alcoholics, if you are truly alcoholic and, and this is a problem in your life, you have to embrace that and identify with it. So the only distinction I want to make in what Holly is saying, and I'm not sure if it was clear in the article, and I just, for me, um, there's nothing wrong with not calling yourself an alcoholic or even identifying it as long as you understand that you may be an alcoholic or you understand the, the power of your alcoholism or you understand the allergy and the medical component that you, if you are an alcoholism and you're in recovery, you can't drink because that will lead you right back to the problem and that will make relapse inevitable. So there's a slippery slope um, as I counsel certain people and help others. I see that there's a, there's a thin line between denial where someone would be an alcoholic but riding the fence of a functional alcoholic and not taking accountability but still being having problems in their life and their life still appears to be unmanageable and they still have negative incidents of alcoholism but they don't want to take the steps to identify as an alcoholic because of the perceived negative negative stigmas and this keeps them in a state of addiction and then you see other people who use this as an opening for potential relapse so a lot of people want to leave the door kind of open a little bit like okay i am in recovery but i'm not an alcoholic and i don't want to identify that way and it's kind of like a backdoor way of trying to keep the door open just in case one day they say, you know, I could casually drink. You know, I got to a point where in my recovery, I'm confident I can handle alcohol. And I am in no way stating that this is Holly's position. I understand, Holly, I know where you're coming from. I understand the enlightenment because I, I'm there, I'm with you. I'm on the spiritual plane, I meditate, I found God through, I found enlightenment, and, and, and 
furthest thing on my mind is alcohol and I don't have to even call myself or identify with it. I don't crave it. I don't need it. I'm totally healed. But I, I, so I'm not coming at you in a negative here. I'm just talking to people who still play games with addiction. And it sounds like, you know, you're the CEO of Tempest and it sounds like you're on the right side of kind of doing what's needed in the recovery space and having your addiction under control and it being a thing of your past. I respect people in that position and I respect everyone's position. But for the newly found person in recovery and for anyone that may be struggling or confused, just always remember, if you struggle from alcohol, that never changes. No matter how many years of sobriety you have, no matter how much time away from alcohol, the moment you drink all of those problems, the depression, the sadness, the confusion, the same thing comes right back. Um, I, I relapsed many times before I found the beauty and sanctity of my recovery, and I just never want to play with that. And my final position on this is we can identify and call ourselves whatever we need to to thrive in our recovery as long as we're fully aware of the nature of our addiction. So if you're a drug addict, you're a drug addict. No matter if you have 50 years in, in, in being clean and in recovery, always keep in mind that you can't mess with drugs because you are allergic or you are a drug addict mean that you can be hooked and addicted me immediately same thing with the alcoholic we cannot play um in part two to this episode i have responses um from the sober community and i want to thank everyone who came out in support of holly whitaker's article we have we have a clear line where there's people that understand right where Holly's at. Oh, I never call myself an alcoholic. I only do that in meetings. Then you have people like, nope, call a spade a spade, not sugarcoating. I'm an alcoholic. Um, me as Pop Buchanan, this is the Sober is Dope podcast. I am many things before I'm an alcoholic. I'm a child of God, you know. Um, I'm a son, a brother. Uh, a future father, a pillar of my community. I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm a meditator, I'm a businessman, and I am just like Holly Whitaker, which I love the phrase that she used, a sobriety evangelist. And I am more than my alcoholism, and that's why I tip my hat to Holly, because we are more than our addiction. We are more than the negative stigma of our alcoholism or our drug addiction or our process addictions. We are human beings, flawed, who make mistakes and who have the right to clean our lives up and not be tied to the negativity of our mistakes and our sins and our past. This is called redemption. This is called reconciliation. And this is a deeper concept that we should allow ourselves to be healed and forgiven and transformed in our recovery. And my thing is, as long as we keep in the back of our minds the true nature of our addiction, then we can call ourselves and identify with whatever we need to to keep going and to thrive in our recovery. So Holly Whitaker, thank you for your beautiful article, why I no longer call myself an alcoholic. I hope that um, 
You continue to do great work. Hopefully one day we can get you on the podcast. I'm really sorry that the reactions from your friends in the early days was it was kind of like offsetting and off-putting. Um, you definitely deserve the more gentle and warmth embrace. But I feel like your friend C made it up to you when she gave you the option and said, you don't have to identify with this. And I'm not sure, Holly, if in the article you um was um suggesting that you know um i just i just wanted to qualify your article with to the recovery community that um although we may not call ourselves or identify um as long as we keep in our minds that um we are dealing with we we have this problem with our addiction i think we'll be on the right side so god bless you guys check out part two this is um i'm redoing this episode on new year's eve i had to give it a long thought and um i really just got impassioned with the first draft of the podcast where i was going off and my message is the same but my delivery needs to be a little bit more tempered what you guys need from me in the community is to not get too emotional, and I apologize if I excessively curse. I just was very passionate about this subject, so that's why I'm redoing this because I understand both sides of the fence, and I'm I'm directly in the middle where I have no problem identifying or calling myself an alcoholic, but I am more than an alcoholic, and I embrace my recovery, and I respect the power of alcohol and I won't play with that power and um and I plan to never relapse and to be sober for the rest of my days so I have to exercise radical honesty and radical acceptance and in that way maybe I can move on and no longer have to identify or call myself anything that may be perceived negative or negative stigma or my past sins are off my past. So ladies and gentlemen, I love you. Happy New Year Eve. God bless you all. Check me out on um, um, Instagram at Monk Healing at Sober's Dope. Also on Twitter at Monk Healing at Sober's Dope. Go get Holly Whitaker's new book. Um, I will put um, the link in the show notes. And ladies and gentlemen, enjoy it. This is the last day of 2019. And we are closing out this year. And remember, we are more than our addiction. All right. God bless you all. I'll catch you on the other side.